Hey, 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 you guys. Thank you all so much for being on Black Canvas once again for an amazing show, season seven. We have a special guest with us. You guys may not have heard of Cole Brandt before, but by the end of today, we're going to have an amazing introduction to this artist that I really look up to. He's a musician based out of Chicago, Illinois, who specializes in jazz, rock, and electronic dance music. He's a graduate of UIUC's class of 2018 with a degree in jazz studies and a passion for the Spanish language and its literature. And I want you guys to make sure you check him out on all streaming platforms, but we're so glad to have Mr. Cole Brandt here with us on Black Canvas. Thank you so much, Cole, for being here on the show. And uh, thanks for having me, Jeriel. I'm excited, Cole. I mean, this is going to be fun. I have some really great questions that I came up with. And so I want you to give me the first response that comes to mind. This is going to be fun. So don't get too nervous. I always like to call it like my um, who wants to be a millionaire type questions. <laughs> but I love to just kind of have fun with this. So if you're ready, I'm going to go straight into them and we can take it from there. All right, let's get right into the deep stuff. All right. So the first question I have for you is when and why did you start playing music? And the second part of that is what instruments do you actually play? So I started playing music about 20 years ago. Um, for Christmas, my grandmother got me this. It's actually sitting here I'm in my mom's office. Um, my grandmother got me this really small guitar and I you know, always carried it around with me and eventually started lessons. Um, so that's kind of what got me into the guitar my first instrument and then you know my parents would listen to classic rock music so I listened to like Journey and Led Zeppelin and all that stuff um, and then as I got older you know I got into jazz classical and electronic music kind of a, a wild combination and then I would say the instruments that I do are guitar piano bass ukulele mandolin and banjo and electronic music production man cole see this is like a resume that i love to hear <laughs> like he's like i can go from the banjo <laughs> to the guitar to the piano and i love that are you a person that reads um music or were you just kind of it comes innate to you where you can kind of hear it and you're able to so both things are really important for music. And I also teach music um, at a music academy too. Um, and I tell my students, they're both really important. You should be able to read and you should be able to listen to music and play it back. And jazz is super focused on both. And that's why they're kind of two different worlds. Like classical is very reading centric. You know, you, you read a piece of music and are able to interpret it from uh, like on a page. And then jazz is a very oral tradition um, where you listen to either other players or records and you get your chops that way. Now, obviously, like if you're going to school for jazz music, you're going to be reading music, you know, you know. Um, but I think both are equally important skills that every musician should try to um, aspire to do. I think you're right about that, Cole. I remember in high school, I think it was my junior, yeah, it was my junior year, and I had to take this class. Um, it was a piano class. And my grandmother was one, she couldn't read music, but she was able to hear it and she played really well. And so I'll never forget just sitting up there going over these songs over and over and over again. Now, if you ask me to play it now, 
I can't even remember which letter who it was, but I just enjoyed it then um, because I was able to put it to memory. But it is true. If you don't use it, you can't lose it. And so I definitely would like to maybe get back in and do that for fun again. But I just remember just sitting there and being so nervous because we had a recital in a whole while. I was like, oh, my God, if you made one mistake, it was going to be off your grade. And so they actually had me to do the pre-recital where I had to play for open house. And then when we actually did the recital, I got through the entire thing with no mistakes. I was like, oh, thank God. I was sweating so bad. <laughs> but I remember that moment. It was fun. Yeah, I mean, those are definitely pretty high stakes things. I mean, at least with my, my students, I try to I would just be really laid back, you know, because I'm pretty realistic. You just want it to be a part of their life and something that they can use to either heal emotionally or you know everyone i mean it's cheesy but you're sitting around a campfire you pull out a guitar sing some songs everyone uh you know loves that so it's it's just a really great tool overall that i want to leave people but you don't want people to develop like anxiety or social anxiety over recitals you know oh yeah i mean but it was we had an amazing music teacher but i was nervous because i'm like the way she would start yelling I'm like oh no i don't, don't want to make a mistake <laughs> so i learned a lot from that i'm like you know, just have fun. And I think that's the, a great message, like you said, for kids, just to get out there and just do their best because no one's going to be perfect. Even some of the best pianists in the world have had recitals or had compositions that they were not maybe pleased with after listening back to it. So I love that about music, um, especially music today. You can kind of create whatever that you feel and release it. And as long as you're okay with what you've done, that's, that's good enough. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, there's definitely a lot of pressure. And I think the moment that I kind of let that pressure go, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna make mistakes, who cares? I think I really noticed a lot of growth, because you take a lot more risks, you know, and if you don't take risks uh, creatively, and if you don't take risks, um, you know, exploring different styles, I feel like you're not gonna, you're not gonna grow, because you just kind of get stagnant and comfortable with what you do. But you got to always throw in a wrench every now and then throw in a curveball uh spice things up and push yourself out of your comfort zone i agree speaking of curveballs let's go to our next question so what was the first tune or song that you learned when you were playing the guitar or playing whatever instrument you want to talk about first it, you know it's kind of a interesting one um it was Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress by the Hollies. That was the first song that I ever remember playing. And it's funny because it's, 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 I mean, now I've been playing for 20 years. It's not bad. But at the time, you know, it was a pretty tricky song. And when I tell people that's the first song I learned, they're like, what? No, no. But it was. And, uh, and then, you know, I did stuff like the Beatles and Led Zeppelin after that. But that was the first song that I ever remember sitting What's down your- and learning all the notes. I love that. What's your favorite Beatles song? Oh man, there's there's so many. And it's funny because I've always like enjoyed the Beatles, but I feel like I never went through a, a Beatles phase. Like I've listened to all their albums. Um, but I'd have to say my favorite song from the Beatles, that's a tough one. I mean, I really like Day Tripper, you know, that's that's a fun one. Driven guitar, heavy lines, fun song, or paperback writer, that's probably another one. Oh, that's a good one. I love Hey Jude. That's one of my favorites. Yep. Yeah. It's hard to go wrong with that. I know. Like, that's one that you can just, like, you're talking about singing it on the, around a campfire. I mean, you could sing that everywhere. Stadium, 
I wouldn't say church, but I mean, but you, <laughs> but pretty much everywhere. Like it's just a song and everyone, you don't even have to have a tune. You can just start screaming it and just having a good time. And every time I've seen them perform, like watch videos of it, I'm like, I get so excited to hear that song. It's one of my favorites. No, it's great. I mean, I include it on my live sets a lot of times. So it's songs that I play live. It's like now when I go back to listen to it, I'm like, skip, you know, cause you, you you play it live and incorporate things into your set. And same thing when I do a remix of a song. If I remix a song, I will probably never listen to that song again, no matter how much I love it, because it just you you heard it just a million times, you know. That's true. And I it kind of goes back to like when I talked about the past. I want to talk about your family because I think this is important. Yeah. Um, can you describe like your family members' um, musical in- interests or their abilities? Did they have anyone in your family you looked up to that played or that sung that gave you an influence to want to be in a music um, business yourself? No, not really. I mean, they've all had an affinity for music. You know, there's it's hard to find someone. I guess I'd be very leery of someone who said, oh, I, li- I don't like any music. Um, but they, you know, uh, dabbled a little bit here and there, but never you know, they're not musical people, I would say, um, which maybe because growing up, my rebellious spirit or whatever, oh, I'm going to do something else, you know, or something completely different. I mean, my sister has innate musical talent, like she can, you know, play a lot of stuff by ear. She has a great voice. So she had all the innate musical talent growing up. And I think at least the one gift that I have, um, it's just kind of discipline, focus, and routine, which I think those are kind of the key elements to making a career out of music. Um, so that kind of, in my competitive spirit at the time, you know, pushed me. I'm like, oh, I must be the musical child, <laughs> you know. So those things I feel like uh, led me to be led me on the path of music. And I think you made a really great point, Cole, about discipline, focus, and routine. I think those three are keys in not only just um, music, but in sports, um, working in a career, whatever job someone chooses, because you have to have the discipline to um, stay intuitive within yourself and being able to work with others. Focus, definitely, sometimes a razor focus to a certain extent of where you need to be, and then routine. And, And sometimes you have to get outside of our routines to be creative. But I think it's helpful when you have kind of like a roadmap. This is what I, or a blueprint. This is what I'm looking for. This is how it can be done. These are the resources I need. These are the people who can assist me. And this is how I want it to sound. And even if it's not perfect, you know, being perfectly imperfect is one of those um, things I think is important for all of us as human beings to know that it's, we did the best we could. Yeah, I mean, also a sense of flexibility because it's not going to go the way you think. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even doing what I wanted to do when I was younger. And my dream was to be, oh, I want to be a guitar player in a band. And as I got into college, you know, I got in, you know, these producers came about like Avicii and Kygo. And now my big influence is like, I love Kei Trinata, Um And he, he's someone I really look up to. Uh, and I saw, oh, well, these, these folks here, they can have a career and kind of be the center of it and play all these different instruments, whether it's piano or sampling or percussion, um, you know, that really inspired me to kind of make a name for myself instead of just being an element of a group. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. my 
life now is completely different in a great way, but because I was flexible and open to new things and new opportunities, it kind of led me down a different path. And I'm really, um, I'm really glad that I had an open mind at the time. And I try to keep an open mind now because I know in 10 years I'll be doing something creative. I know, um, in arts, but who knows what it could be. And it kind of segues into another question I have for you, which is how do you balance music with other obligations and responsibilities that you have in your life? How do you manage all of this to make it work for you? Well, it's definitely a very, it, you know, as I tell younger artists, it's a very, um, it's a very demanding job and balancing your life can be very difficult. And if you don't, carve out time like a schedule if you don't put aside time to either a be creative or b spend time with friends and family it's just not going to happen so for example one thing i've really done that's helped my life a lot is i i love sports you know so i play i'm in a beach volleyball club and it's a social club chicago sports social and you go play beach volleyball and then you go out to whatever establishment afterwards with your with your team and that's been a great way for me because it's carved out every week, you know, Tuesdays at eight o'clock, we go play volleyball and then we go out together. That's been really great for me because it's, it's set in stone, you know, and I'm a very, uh, what's the word? I'm a very economic person. So if I spend money on something, I'm going to do it. Um, so that's been something that's really got me to be social. You know, because I'm at an age where a lot of my close, very close friends, you know, they're getting married and and settling down and they necessarily, you know, don't want to go out as much. And I, I don't fault them for that. I wouldn't either, <laughs> you know, so I got to keep myself social and really work at that. Um, but it's hard too, because obviously I love music and I could just do it all day. And if I don't put in hard stops for myself, like, hey, I need to go be social. I need to go do these things. Then I, I just won't do it. So that, I think that's something I've learned to keep myself mentally healthy is incorporate plenty of social, healthy social activity um, while pursuing my career. And I think, Cole, you just hit the nail on the head about finding healthy social activities. But it kind of goes into my next question, which deals with COVID-19. And a lot of times, many of us have had to struggle since COVID, and some people have learned how to find time within themselves when we had to, of course, physically distance for that the beginning stages of the pandemic. I know some people, or of course, recently are taking away a lot of the, the measures that we had to abide by over almost three years ago. But I want to kind of talk about 2022. So before we go into COVID, I want to just ask you, is there one word you can use to describe this year thus far? I think it's a year of a year of a lot of, a lot of growth. I would say I've grown a lot emotionally, mentally. Um, I've, I've really faced some, some very difficult times, but I think when you're, you're faced in the anguish and pain and, and despair, I think you can kind of do one of two things and, and let it consume you um, or really, really work to grow through those things and, and feel those emotions and grow through those emotions and grow as a person. So I would say this year, and I think a lot of it too is exasperated by the isolation and loneliness and the, you know, the, the politically charged atmosphere and all those things. I think they really 
have had a profound impact too. And they've exacerbated a lot of, you know, like feeling lonely all of a sudden now feels like, so like, oh, it just would be nice to see some people. You're like, oh, I'm all alone and I'll never see another person again. Uh, so it really kind of fans the flames on any negative emotions that you have and feelings of isolation and loneliness uh, can really feel like despair. So I think, but on a hopeful note, I think this year I've seen a lot of growth in myself that I've worked through a lot of these really difficult emotions and I continue to, it's, it's not like it's so 2022, I'd never have to look introspectively again, but I think this year, at least for me personally, has been a year of growth. I think growth is a great word to describe it. I think for me, I would use the word freedom um, because I feel like we are learning how to speak for ourselves and speak up for ourselves, but also being free to choose how you, you show up in this world. Yeah, no, those are, freedom is, is very important and setting boundaries, I think really helps with a sense of freedom I've learned is that I have to uh, put, put boundaries in place for myself and my own well-being, as well as the well-beings of you know, others around me. Yes, and boundaries are important, boundary setting. Um, and I always tell people when I set a boundary doesn't mean I'm doing something against someone else, I'm actually taking care of me. And in, in taking care of myself, yeah. I have to know that there's a limit to how much energy I can actually exude in this moment. And if I'm able to share my space with you, then that's just me telling you that it's okay for you to come in. And then I also get to choose the parameters of that relationship for how long I will have that energy to be involved in whatever it is. And so I'm more of an introverted person and I have a career, of course, where I have to be extroverted and it can exert so much energy by the end of the afternoon, you're like exhausted. So like you say, sometimes you have to force yourself so you don't just stay in like a recluse and just watch TV or do nothing and you have to get out, but you also have to pace yourself and know that your brain, your mind, body, and spirit only going to be able to take so much in a 24-hour period. So you have to know when to refuel and then also when, if I'm alone, you know, I don't have to feel lonely. So you have to be able to redefine what the word loneliness and, and freedom and, and all these words we mentioned, what it actually means to us in the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think something that's, those are all good points. And I think something that's really helped me, I used to think I was extremely introverted and I was, but now I feel like because of the pandemic and the isolation and loneliness that I felt for two years, um, you know, because I really followed the the protocols and all those stuff pretty strictly. I have older parents and um, older family members and family members at risk and immunocompromised. So I really kind of took those uh, regulations and guidelines pretty seriously but with that came a toll and now it's funny because now when I go out I feel like it's like I can't get enough people you know I can't get enough being out and being around people it's almost like I haven't eaten uh, food in months you know I, I just can't get enough of it so I'm trying to really make up for it and you know spend time and get myself out there as much as I can because it um, I really am making up for the lost time of these past few years. And I mean, myself personally, I'm not much of a, uh, I'm not much of a drinker, but I just love being out in social settings, being around people, talking to people, just seeing people, you know? So those things have all been really wonderful for me in the past year or so. And have allowed me to kind of grow. Try to get out of your show, the show that you were forced to be in for that time. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I totally understand that. So I want to kind of go to performances. So can you tell me, how do you handle mistakes? Like if you make a mistake during a performance, how do you manage that? And then also, do you get nervous before performing? Or if you have a competition, did you ever get nervous before yeah, so mistakes, yeah, I make them all the time, you know, because I mean, I play seven, eight, nine hours a day. I, like yesterday, I had a double show. I had a festival in the suburbs in the, in the morning, early afternoon, and then I played at a, uh, a nice establishment up in a vacation town called Lake Geneva near Chicago. And you know, you're get, you make tons of mistakes because you're, you know, you're playing, it's raining, it's humid, it's dry, it's cold, it's hot, it's the wind's blowing, the wind's not blowing, there's people in your face, there's nobody there, you know, so you have literally every extreme. So yeah, you're going to miss notes and break strings. And you just, I mean, I've been, I play about 150 shows a year. So at just this point, you're just like, whatever, you just kind of keep it rolling. That's with, with my mistakes. I mean, you just, you just got to keep it going. Because uh, I've been doing it for so long. And there's no point in like fretting over it, no pun intended, uh, guitar humor there. <laughs> um, there's no there's no point in in freaking out over it because i'm gonna make a bunch of mistakes today you know because it's just you're you you have to scarf down a quick uh chicken dinner and your hands are greasy and you slip a note who cares you know it's 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 not the end of the world and as far as getting nervous yeah there's some shows like when i'm playing in the city or chicago you know you have uh club owners and you have promoters and 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 our people showing up at your events, whether they're to see you or other people, those, yeah, they make you sweat a bit. Um, but I kind of use that, what is it, circular breathing uh, technique where you're breathing, uh, hold it for four. Uh, oh, um, square breathing. Yeah, you use that and you breathe through your stomach and kind of calm your nerves. I think that's helped me a lot uh, when you're in those situations. And um, cause yeah, you know, I, my, I've played with, uh, folks who are way further ahead in their career than me and write for some pretty big artists. And while I'm playing with them, you know, you have everybody watching you, people from radio, people from all over the place. And you're thinking, oh man, if I mess something up for this person, that's, that's not good. Cause this isn't just my career, it's theirs. So those are, those are high pressure, but I think the square breathing is, it helps a lot. And just knowing your stuff, you know, practice, practice your stuff. And it's the most that you can do. That's right. And you get to pick or choose. So that's my guitar humor. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. So Cole, I have only a few more questions for you. So the next one is, um, if you could give your younger self any advice, I want you to pick a specific age. What would you tell to young Cole? As far as the music industry or just in general? Just in general. <laughs> Go to therapy a lot younger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah. Uh, no, prioritize your, prioritize yourself. Uh, I guess any advice. I'm a very empathetic and compassionate person. And people out there, uh, there's people who will, who will take advantage of that. And I think if I could tell my, give myself any advice is that, you know, really work on your self-esteem and your, and the way you feel about yourself. And I guess watch out for people out there that 
they they will readily take advantage of that. Um, and not just, I mean, whether it's romantically, platonically, business-wise, you know, because artists, you know, some artists are pretty callous and aggressive and that that's totally cool. Um, but most artists are very introverted, deep, introspective people and are also very emotionally intelligent and compassionate people. And a lot of times those are very, um, very easy targets. So I would, that's the advice I would give a younger version of myself is watch out and prioritize yourself and protect your, guard your mental health. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I think that's advice we all, that's sage advice we could all take even today. Um, I think you're correct on just the fact people will take advantage. Um, there's some people who may not even know they're hurting you. Like, and that's what we have to speak up to. I think if anything in 2022, we're learning that you have a voice and you have a right to speak and your right to share. Um, whether people agree or disagree, that's their choice, but that doesn't take away from how you feel and how you're impacted based on a specific scenario. And so for me, I know if I gave my younger self a uh, piece of advice, it'd be just breathe. Because I think there's a lot of times we forget to breathe and we just start existing instead of living. And so I, I've learned to just kind of breathe in, breathe out, and just I get to redefine what I want my breathing to look like. And so I actually came up with this. I wanted to, to share it with you. So I used to actually use this um, with, in group settings. I've told friends this, but I came up with what I wanted the word breathe to mean. So I say breathe means believe in your purpose, receive your blessings, um, empathize daily, align with your inner peace, transform your narrative, heal with care, and endure with bravery. Those are beautiful. They're definitely very necessary to, to living a, a wholesome life. I agree, Cole. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, I, I believe in, in doing with bravery and being brave. And that's why I ended it with that is that enduring doesn't mean you have to suffer. Because a lot of times when you think of enduring, people go to pain. And in order to have pain, you have to have a purpose. In order to have joy, you will have to experience pain. But being brave is just saying, you know, I showed up today. Like even with this interview, let's say both of us were not in the right headspace before. It doesn't mean I have to suffer. I can let someone know, hey, I'm really just not in the right space right now. But I'm brave enough to talk about it. I'm brave enough to share my experience with someone else. I don't really know that well, but I'm getting to know. And then hopefully the listeners can be brave enough to make that as a conscious decision to know when to set boundaries, when to ask for help, when to, you know, revert back in a positive direction. But then when we step forth with others, we can actually be happy and we don't have to fake it. Because a lot of times as you've heard that phrase, fake it till you make it. And I feel like that can be very dangerous. Um, if you're not aware of who you are before faking it, you get what I'm saying? And that can create a big issue. Oh, no, it definitely is. And I mean, social media, it's a killer. Um, it's, it's great and it's provided lots of opportunities, but it comes at a huge cost to your mental health and your self-image. Um, I mean, I think that's, you know, with working on myself as an artist, cause you're constantly putting yourself out there. Uh, I feel more emotionally than you would. And I'm not saying other jobs are hard. They definitely have their own difficulties and their own intricacies. I could never work in an office or I could never, uh, there's, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, 
but at least for music, you're, you're so emotionally vulnerable and you're so, it's so easy to compare yourself to other people. So it, you really have to take a second and just look inward because this industry today is so pervasive, you know, because back in the day, you kind of have a break from it. You didn't have a, a cell phone. And I'll know when I've made it in this industry, when I can trade my smartphone in and never see that thing again, have a flip phone, have someone manage all my social media. The day where I never have to see Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, TikTok again, uh, I'll be a very fulfilled, happy person. Trust me, I understand. Cole, I tell you, like, I know for a lot of interviews, a lot of them have been set up through Instagram because I don't have TikTok, I don't do that. And there's a few things I just like, I don't need to have a hundred different avenues because when your phone starts dinging or when you keep seeing it buzzing, it can be distracting and you almost lose track of yourself because you're having to answer to all of these different either individuals or situations. So I've learned to, I put it on do not disturb mode in my mind first before my phone. And if I know I'm getting overwhelmed or I feel like this is just too much to bear, then I have to take a mental and emotional spiritual break. And I, I think, oh, you're correct. Once you get to a certain point and you don't have to do it as much, then you can appreciate just the music itself and the experience. It's very similar to like when I see um, like live performing now versus years ago, um, when you would actually pay and you would stand in line and wait for hours to get a ticket. Now you can buy virtually and people, well, we know what they do with the tickets now. They, they buy these tickets and they try to sell them for higher amounts of money just to see someone. And it just, it's not the same. And so I wish we could get, go back to 30, 40, 50 years ago um, of how things were done because I really enjoyed that. It, you were anticipating it. Now everything is so impulsive now. You just get it immediately. You have immediate gratification instead of actually anticipating a release and getting to know the artists themselves outside of the snippets you see in videos or dances and challenges and all that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, I understand that's a great marketing tool in this day and age, but we lose the authenticness or authenticity of, of a person if they're only doing it for a certain amount of streams. Yeah, I mean, that's the hard thing, too, is the al algorithm prioritizes certain certain things. And it's definitely changed what I post and share. I mean, obviously, I mean, not that I have anything against music education and sharing educational videos, but it's definitely pushed me towards a more educational way to reach people um, because there's just so many. I mean, like, I'm confident in my playing abilities, but there are, there are a lot of people who are really great at music out there and sharing it. And so uh, it's it definitely influences how I try and reach and connect with people because now like Instagram pays you per view and so does TikTok. And so for me now, I don't really, I have to go where the money is because you know, it, it's a couple, it's a couple weeks worth of groceries a month, which especially now in this economy, that's a lot as, as a musician, you know? And I hundred percent understand where you're coming from. And so that's where, where you have to be business savvy in whatever career we choose. And so I know for me, this is not a lucrative thing for me. It's just something I love to do for fun, but when it becomes something like that, if it does, then I just know I have to prioritize in a different way. But I love reaching out and talking to people because to me, connection is more important than anything. And when I can pull someone in and I can learn more about their story and be a part of their journey, that to me helps me to feel like I'm actually doing something in this world that makes me feel whole. 
And so I, I love that you're able to interpret it, you know, in a way that that not only centers you, but can become a, a profitable business because you are the actual product. You know, you have to remind yourself of, hey, if someone wants to buy this and they're excited about me, then I have to be 100% into what I'm putting out there to the world. Because as you mentioned, there's always a new artist, there's always someone else in the wings who are waiting to, to move ahead of someone else. And as long as you're being yourself and you're creating the right type of music that you want to put forward, you know, everything will fall into place the way it needs to. No, and that, and that's, and that's so true. And I think a lot of, a lot of people forget it, it is a business. And while I do love music, I think people forget that, you know, because I was asking like, oh, don't you get tired? Like all those performances, you know? And I said, no, the performing is the easy part. It's, you know, drive into the venue, setting everything up, tearing it down, driving home, getting home late at night, getting up the next day, getting, you know, get, that's the work. That's, that's the hard work that goes into it. You know, the performing, the writing, uh, the musical, the creative process, that, that's all easy. That's, that's the easy, lovely part. But distributing your album, doing all the editing work, uh, keeping tabs on all your, your streams, that's that's the work part doing the social media junk that that's the work makes a lot of sense cole and it kind of goes into my last question i have for you so i'm going to actually combine these last two parts together um but the first part is can you tell us what's next for you anything that we need to kind of plug and look out for and then the last part of that question is where can everyone go to find you online yeah, so what's next? I'm working on a film score type album. When, when I say film score, I mean like the type of music you hear in movies. So it's going to be very uh, kind of ethereal and not as uh, pop driven as some of my other work. Um, I just wanted to try something different this time and I'm really having a fun time with it. This album's going to come out in the next month or so. I'm really excited for it and it's a concept album and I'm going to reveal the concept as we get a little closer. Um, and it allows me to really experiment with different ideas and things that I, I haven't touched on yet in my career. So I'm really excited for it. And then after that, I want to get back and do some uh, electronic music remixes because I, I just love doing those and they're really great tools to, to grow. And if you are curious about my music and my story, you can find me at Cole Brandt Guitar on Instagram. You can find me at Cole Brandt on any streaming services, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, YouTube. I saw uh, someone came in the other night and said, man, I listen to you on YouTube music. And I'm like, hey, power to you. I didn't even know that was a thing, but it's there. Um, and I'm on TikTok as Cole Brandt. You can just Google me. And if you're a Chicagoland person or in the area and you want to come hang out, you can look at my music, uh, music on colebrandmusic.com. It has all my 150 events on there. And if you want me to come play in your town, reach out. We'll set it up. Well, Cole, I'm just so proud of you and all the great work that you've been doing. I can't wait for the new music to come out very soon. And I'm going to be here supporting you 100% because I think you have an amazing talent. And I think people need to support, especially local artists. You guys, if you live in the area, please support your local artists. I'm going to repeat that again. Support local artists. I just believe in helping people. Um, I wish I was from there because I'd be like, hey, I'm going to be front row <laughs> just cheering you on from there. Because I think we need to start to see more of that 
in, in our communities. Um, we need to actually go out there and pay and, and give the money to the people who really need it. Um, because you're, you're doing hard work and you're doing amazing work. And so I just wanted just to tell you, I really am grateful that you gave us time to be here, but that you are just doing what you love and you're doing it well. Well, thank you so much, uh, Jerry. I really, I really dig the perspective of your podcast, the mental health, the counselor background. I think it's a very, uh, necessary and important part. I mean, not only just for everyone, but I think artists too, because it's, it is a really hard job and not every artist has the privilege to go and get help or get mental health help or get adequate mental health help. Um, so I think this is just a really great avenue uh, that promotes, promotes self-care and, and healthy perspective. Well, thank you, Cole. I really appreciate that. Like you make it easy for people like me because you're a person who can talk and who can share and you're open. And I think that is one of the keys um, for anyone out there who's thinking about counseling, just when you finally make that step to call or to reach out or for your first session, just be as open and honest as you can. Um, because I know it's going to be hard. It's going to be layers. There's many of us have adverse childhood experiences or traumatic situations we've gone through. But the more you can share and talk about it and know that you're in a safe zone and when you can create that safety net around you, you don't have to live in fear and allow that to zone you out of building a genuine connection with yourself and others. And I know that's going to take time, but it's just something just to be aware, just be open and honest. And then also the last part, be willing, willing to make the changes, willing to do what, what it takes to get better. It kind of goes back to what Cole said earlier, you guys, about discipline, focus, and routine, but also being flexible. Those were key components that he mentioned. That's in life, that's in music, that's in relationships, that's just in general. And so Cole, I think you've given us a lot of insight, things for us to go back and listen to and hopefully work on. Um, but I, I really am grateful for this time that you share with folks. Yes, thanks for having me on the podcast. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. So before you leave, Cole, if you're interested in coming back in the future, um, I have a second podcast called Space Between, and we would love to hear you play some music. So if you're open, hopefully we can set something up in the near future and we can have you back. Yeah, give me the date and uh, give me some dates and we'll, we'll set it up. Cool. Well, I'm excited. Y'all heard that Cole will be back. So y'all actually get to hear the amazing music I've heard. Please check him out. As he said, all streaming platforms, support him. Thank you again, Cole. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. All right. Yes, thank Bye. you so much, Jerry. Bye. <laughs>